You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, January 11, 2024, and we just don't have anything to talk about. You know, really, yesterday, I only had one guest, and um, we had plenty of time to talk. Today, I've got a bunch of guests, and we've got the biggest story uh, that there is, and, you know, the biggest story in the country, although I know Bill Belichick is expected to part ways with the Patriots today. That's a, uh, that's a huge story. Uh, Pete Carroll also yesterday announced that he won't be back as the Seahawks coach, although he will stay on as an advisor. But right now, Nick Saban retiring from the University of Alabama trumps everything. And it's been a news overload since the announcement, so I don't have to re kind of, uh, you know, rework everything for you. You know what happened? There was a four o'clock team meeting. I have verified that the players and the staff members in that meeting did not know that it was going to be Nick Saban telling them that he's retiring. Uh, but uh, they got the news and it was even probably two and a half hours after that, two, two and a half hours before the university put out a statement. But Nick Saban is retiring after 17 years. All right. I'll run down the guest list for you. First, let me tell you this hour, the Gary Harris show will be brought to you as always by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way. Of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Alabama Credit Union. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, the guest list, we're going to get to uh, Michael Williams, former Alabama tight end, former NFL player, head coach at Pickens County High School and reformed one national championships with. Uh, Nick Saban, he's going to be with us here in just a couple of minutes on the First of Main Condos hotline. Then at 930, it's the coach, Ellis Johnson, coached against Nick Saban and um, has known him for a long, long time. 10 o'clock, D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons report. We'll also talk about, um, you know, what the feeling is among pro football folks with uh, Coach Saban's retirement. Then at 1030, my pal Jeff Spiegel. But as I said, let's jump out on the First of Maine Condominiums Hotline and welcome in the head coach of the Pickens County Tornadoes, alum of the school, Michael Williams, played at Alabama and uh, played in the NFL for, I think, Michael, what was it, four or five seasons you were in the league? Coach, you with me? Coach, you there? Yes, sir, I was in the league. You okay. can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Go ahead. Yeah, I was in the NFL for four years. Okay, and of course, uh, at Alabama, two or three national championships, remind me. I know you won a couple of them at least. <laughs> I was there for three. You got three. One of the few players in the history of college football that has three national championship rings. Okay, um, just your your thoughts, your reaction when you got the news yesterday that your coach at the University of Alabama was stepping down after 17 seasons. It was uh, you know, it was one of those weird where it's shocked but not shocked. You know, um, I can tell you this: he lasted longer than I thought he would. I thought he would. Um, I just didn't think he would go this long, especially with the, the you know the way the new stuff was going on, the new 
rules and new regulations. Um, I thought that would have pushed them out before now, but um, like I said, it was shocked, but not shocked, that type of thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of the way everybody felt. Um, you know, not expecting to hear the news, but at the same time, when you look at the body of work, when you look at yeah. 17 years, when there were a lot of people, you know, that said, hey, man, if he does, if he gives Alabama five years, that'll be something. But, exactly, um, yeah. yeah, to go 17. But again, yeah, Michael, three-time national champion, 2010, 2012, 2013. Have you had an opportunity? Uh, when's the last time you had a chance to talk with Coach? Um, I've, I've probably during the um, the trade between Detroit and New England. Um, pretty sure he had his hand in, 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 in that, you know, helping me get to New England and, um, him and Bill had a great relationship and basically just, you know, telling Bill what kind of player I am, who I was mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, dying his eyes and crossing his T's and, uh, just told him to go up there and do, do what I, what he know I'm capable of doing and doing what I do on, um, what I did at Alabama. And I was happy to get back to New England. It was more of the brand of football that I'm used to, more of the, you know, it's the same kind of town as Tuscaloosa, basically, and, and, and Foxborough is very rural. So it was um, good to to get back to my roots in a, in a place that's 19 hours away. But um, it was fun. That was the last time. That was basically the last time I had a conversation with him. Talking with a number of former players, uh, including you now this morning, and, and, you know, they were telling me about the impact, whether they're in coaching or, or football or not, the impact that he just had on their lives and, yeah. and had on them as as individuals and whatever business that they went in, uh, that he was such a guiding um, force for them. What about for you as a coach? Um, you mean, obviously, you played for him, played in the NFL, but from a coaching standpoint, how much do you draw on what you learned from Nick Saban in your coaching style? I know you have to be your own man, and you're a very successful coach there at Pickens County High School, but how much of how you handle coaching did you get from Coach Saban? From a, a, a lot. <laughs> I mean, um, I always say if you was up under that umbrella and didn't take anything from what you saw on a day-to-day basis, then you, you're fooling yourself and you're crazy. Um, it's just a standard of excellence that he set. Um, one thing that a lot of people probably, I mean, you try to do in your program, but you, 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 it's just, it's difficult to do because you don't want to step on toes nowadays and things of that nature, but you just hold everybody accountable. I mean, all the way down to the bottom guy, whoever that is and whatever that job is, you hold them all accountable to do their job. And, um, what he instilled in us was to be, you know, always 100% available for your team, um, Stay dedicated to the craft, always trying to get better. Um, there's a lot of different nuances in, in, in not just in coaching, but in the, the game of life that he taught us. And um, everybody likes to say football translates to life a lot more. And the things that he taught us and the things he instilled in us always will be able to, you know, look back on and, and be able to sit back on those morals that he, you know, basically mm-hmm. that he put into you. He told you when he recruited you that. Uh, he can't promise you a national championship right now, but he can promise you to get a good education, be a good father and a good husband. Like, and that's the way it all started. It wasn't about, you know, of course we, we all wanted to win, but it wasn't about winning championships at first. It was about becoming a better person, becoming better people. Mm. And, um, and the people who couldn't do it, you saw they, they, they left early. So, um, forever, forever grateful for what he instilled in me. Playing for him, Michael Williams is with us, former Alabama tight end, former NFL tight end and, and offensive lineman, and now the head coach of the Pickens County Tornadoes. Playing for him. Of course, you played, you know, 10 years ago. So I, I you know, he, yeah. some people have said that he's mellowed, but, um, 
did you like did players like playing for him? I know if particularly when back when you played, he was tough. He was hard nosed. Yeah. He was no nonsense. Um, yeah. you know, but did did you enjoy playing football for him? Definitely. Um it was a coming from Pickens County, I don't you can have all the skills in the world. You're not ready for that level of football. I don't care what you've done, how good you think you are or or anything of that nature. And a lot of people forget I came in as a defensive end. Um I started out on defense for that, right. that whole first year. I was very sure that kind of he kind of saved my career because I, I guess everybody saw Courtney Upshaw and, and knew that that guy was uh, somebody who was going to play. So um, he switched me to tight end, and you know he just never gave up on me. Um, I think he's fussed at me twice my entire career. One was uh, field goal protection that. I was being a young freshman, didn't understand what was going on, just jumping in. And um, the second one was the not really holler, but <laughs> the uh, the LSU catch. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one so I just, well. I, <laughs> I just remember coach the sideline. He was like, "I thought you played basketball." <laughs> Speaking of that, though, go and clear this up. That that was the the catch off the trick play that you know he'd been it might have been touched right on the goal line that was the nine six overtime game to LSU classic game in two thousand eleven. Did you feel like you caught the ball? Did you feel like you controlled it and and brought it down before it got taken away from you? Do you think it was a catch or do you think it was an interception? Definitely at the moment at the during the moment I thought it was a catch. Definitely thought it was a catch during the moment. Um, after the game, after not even after the game, the next day, actually. Looking at the replay and, and and watching certain little things and throughout the play um, was I saw that the the ball slightly moved slightly moved right on in, on the way down so um, that 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 even though I I semi had the ball on, as control on the ground the ball wasn't in full gotcha. full control yeah so well I'll tell you this. You won the game, the the right game between the two teams that year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, because they were really, really good, but you got them 21 nothing in the national championship game. Let me ask you this, Michael, and this is probably just more your opinion because you're not, you're, listen, you're coaching your own team. I get it, but you may have talked to some former teammates or, or guys that are close to the program. Any thoughts on, you know, this is going to be a huge job, a huge undertaking to follow Nick Saban. Any thoughts on, on the next coach and uh, you have any ideas on who you think it will be or who you think it should be? Um, I don't, I mean, I guess we'll never, we, we, nobody will actually know until it's set in stone, but, um, I'm like everybody else. I, I don't, I don't really think, I, I'm not going to say like everybody else. I'm, I really don't, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't care who it is. I just want whoever the next person is to understand the, the standard that's been set, not just far as winning championships. But the standard that's been set in the classroom, the standard that's been set in people's lives, the standard that's been set in the city of Tuscaloosa, um, you have to be able to have some kind of continuity with that. If you, if you don't understand that part of it, and um, I think the wrong idea to have is to have somebody come in and just keep winning championships. No, that's not how it's going to start. Um, you remember how if people remember how Nick started this this whole thing. It was. Um, about being a better people, how we're going to be a champion in everyday life. And like I said, the people who couldn't do it, you saw them leave very early. Um, you spoke on early how, how, at the beginning, how tough he was. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the understatement. He was more than tough at the beginning 
because he had to, you know, put the standard down. So I don't think we should just go get a coach to try to continue uh, winning championships. You have to find somebody who understands what was underneath, you know, all the stuff to win the championship. So whoever that guy is, may the best man win. And I've been an Alabama fan all my life. So I was just one of the lucky ones who get to play for their favorite team. And um, I just hope it's somebody who understands the the values and, and you know, the, the stuff that's been set in stone mm-hmm. for us to, to be who we have become to be after having a long layoff of not being that. So that's just my take. Well, Coach, good to catch up with you. And I know we're still all just processing this uh, uh, information and, and uh, you know, the greatest to ever do it. Uh, we've been right here. You played for him. I had a firsthand seat as a media member. And uh, you knew this day was coming, but, you know, I think you and I both, Coach, were caught off guard yesterday when it when yeah. it happened at 4 o'clock on, <laughs> on, on Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, but we'll see what uh, happens going forward. Hey, thanks so much, Michael. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Coach Michael Williams, Pickens County High School, former uh, three-time national champion for Nick Saban at the University of Alabama, four years in the NFL, and uh, good to get his insight. All right. Well, when we come back on the other side, we're going to open it up for phone calls. Uh, talked with Michael yesterday. Needed to get him right on the show, but we're open in the next segment. Phone calls, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904 on the First Domain Condos Hotline. Want to hear from you folks. I mean, this is a, this is an unbelievable story. And I know we got Chris ready to go. Chris, we'll get to you. Anybody else that wants to call in, we are available now in the next segment to take phone calls on Nick Saban retiring as the head football coach at the University of Alabama after 17 seasons. We'll be right back after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere at any time with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Following Alabama's win against South Carolina on Tuesday, head coach Nate Oates joined us on the radio. Yeah, second half was a lot better than the first half. Our defense picked up significantly. They didn't score in the first four or five minutes of the second half, I think. So we had a couple four-minute segments where they didn't score in the second half. So, you know, I can't say enough about the energy they brought in the second half. They responded well after halftime. I thought Mo Diabate, you know, I went to him at halftime. What can you do to mix it up? We only had one offensive rebound in the first half. It was a team offensive rebound. You know, Mo, Mo comes in and gets two right out of the gate. He ends up with six for Rebounds in nine minutes. So, you know, we just need a little bit more toughness. We got we got to show a little more toughness. And uh, I thought Mo helped us. I thought Pringle was great today. You know, he didn't show up in the scoring column a lot, but I thought his toughness and defense and talking. And uh, I was really happy with Nick's game and his energy. I'll have more in moments. CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit cbsbank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide Women's Basketball as Alabama faces Georgia at 6 p.m. Central with radio coverage on the network starting at 5.55 p.m. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by CBNS Bank. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. 
one. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high at 60. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 45. An active day tomorrow, breezy with showers and thunderstorms. The storms tomorrow could be severe, the high at 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 9.20, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're going to jump out here and get a phone call in just a moment. Uh, thanks to Michael Williams for jumping on with us. Um, of course, since we jump right in with Coach, you know, possible replacements, obviously a lot of focus has been on Dan Lanning. Justin, I'll tell you real quickly, my only thing that worries me about the Dan Lanning news, I don't know if you were here, but when when Greg Byrne hired Nate Oates, he said the same thing. You know, you won't hear from me again until I'm introducing a coach. And if you don't hear it from me, don't pay any attention to it. The Lanning thing is just so in your face. Um, it's I'm not saying smokescreen, but it's just like it's almost like it's too obvious so that's the only thing that makes me leery because I know that that uh, Greg Byrne likes to operate as a search committee of one. He does things kind of in a covert way, and that's what's got me leery of of Lanning. It's just because it's just everywhere, you know. And I got so many calls yesterday afternoon. It's Lanning. Lanning's in town. Lanning's this. Lanning's that. And um, you know, we'll see. Um, and I know this: Greg Byrne can keep a. He, he's different than a lot of ADs. He can keep leaks from getting out. And the fact that this is just so out there, I'm not saying that it won't be Dan Lanning. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I tell you a name that's kind of under the radar right now, Justin, is Davo Sweeney. And, I, well, I know you're shaking your head. And that's what most people are doing. And I'm not – but I'm just saying the fact that it's still a two-time national champion, played at Alabama, has strong ties to the program – and maybe a change could be good. I mean, obviously, uh, Kalen DeBoer is, is going to be mentioned. Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin. Uh, I tell you an under the radar name because a lot of times, you know, nobody knew Nate Oates was coming to Alabama. Another former Buffalo coach, Lance Leopold has done a great job at Kansas. Now he's a little bit older in regards to starting out because he's 60 or 61 or 62, somewhere in that range. But, you know, Saban was in his prime at 62. So, uh, I'm just saying the, the, the landing is just so bombarding everybody. It, you know, I, again, Thad Mata's name, the former Ohio State coach, I had people calling me left and right. Thad Mata's going to be the next basketball coach at Alabama. He wasn't even in the, in, in, in consideration. It's, it seems like anytime there's these kind of speculations going on, it's never the first guy that you think it's going to be. That's usually the case. It's yeah. always somebody else. Yeah. And then hindsight being 2020, Gary, I think it's so funny that two days ago, I was telling you that Kalen DeBoer would be a great candidate for these job openings. And we were sitting here like, well, there's not really any he would go to. Yeah. And now, and now there is. And Mike Norvell down in Florida State. And, of course, you know, Saban's agent, Jimmy Sexton, he, he, he's he been great at placing these coaches. All right. Let's get to Chris because he's been on hold for a while out on the first domain kind of a name's hotline. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Gary. You doing okay? Yes, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm still mourning the goat stepping down. I never thought I'd see the day, but here we are, and we all knew it couldn't go forever. But man, what a what a run! Unprecedented, just completely astounding. Just when you look over Saban's resume, your mouth has to open and, and go, man, 
Is that ever going to be replicated? And I don't think so. What's your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Do you? No, think I, I think I think we'll, I think there? we'll I think we'll never see it again. I mean, I, I think this run. Now, listen, Kirby's off to the kind of start that you know if he continues on this pace, yeah, he could. But you know, just to even it, listen, the kind of money they make. Chris, it's going to be hard for a coach to coach 17 years at a single school anymore. For one thing, yeah, uh, uh, and then to do, and then to have, you know, uh, six national championships, nine SEC titles, uh, eight times in the playoff, in the 14 playoff, um, you know, won over 200 games in in 17 years, 12 wins. What was it? 12 wins or more? I want to say like 12 times. Uh, 10 wins every season, but the first season, 10 or more wins. I mean, yeah, it's just it's 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 just unthinkable. Really, it was unthinkable when Saban got here until he did it, and now that he has done it and he's stepping down. No, I can't see. Man, listen, you know how it is. Uh, as good as Michigan has been, and they've been on a nice three-year run, this is their first national championship since 1997. You know, it, it's you got you got good programs, really good programs that never even made the four-team college football playoff. You got programs that the season that Alabama just had to go 12 and two and win the SEC championship, beat Georgia, be nine and zero, take Michigan to overtime. There's a lot of schools they'd be doing paintings of that season. And here at Alabama, a lot of people are disappointed. The bar is so high, and and even with the tradition of Alabama, it wasn't like that when he got here. And he raised the bar to a point now that, you know, even for him, <laughs> you know, maybe he said to himself, "I can't just keep doing it at this level." So, no, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see it again, Chris. It, it's the most remarkable run. And when you look at how he's done it with all the changes beginning on the field, you know, it was not long after he won his first national championship they started wanting to change the rules because people were worried about, you know, if we don't change something. And these 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 offensive innovators started, you know, the RPOs became somewhat cheating. Really, to be honest with you, they were pushing the buttons and Saban can't handle it. Remember that? Oh, Saban, this will be the end of Saban. Colin Cowherd, there were many of them. Oh, Gus Malzahn will be the death of Saban. And all he did was outlast them all. And then in the last few right. years, the NIL and the portal, he's handled it well. Now, do I think that took a toll on him? I do, because I don't think he likes pay for play, not the way it's structured now. And so, um, yeah, I'm going around the world here on you, but because you bring up a great point. No. This, this, this was an anomaly. This is a special coach at a special time at a special place doing special things. And as good a start as Kirby is off to, uh, he's still got to do it for, you know, about 10 more years before he's in the, in the saving conversation. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, my question for you though, you know, kind of looking at the coaching candidates as a whole, I mean, do you, as Greg Byrne, do you lean more offensive minded or do you, Go to somebody like Dan Lanning because my gut says Lane Kiffin's a better fit. And, and, and I say that because we obviously see what Kiffin does in the portal. We see how his personality kind of vibes with recruits out there. People want to play in his system. I mean, Dan Lanning, don't get me wrong, he's a hell of a recruiter. But at the same time, uh, my, my gut says that Lane Kiffin might be a better fit. And I'm going to hang up and listen to you. Okay. I appreciate it, All right, Chris, thank you. I think Lane Kiffin, I've said this before, I think he's a football savant. I mean, he's as good at calling plays and scheming up things. You put that headset on him, I, I think he's a genius. Um, I don't think he's going to be the next coach at Alabama. I think that um, as good as he is, I, I just think there are some things that happened when he were here that 
I don't know. I, I just think I, I just don't see it happening, Chris. That's all I can tell you. Do I think he's a great football coach? I do. Um, I, I just don't feel like he's going to be the guy. And as far as who is Burn going to look for, I just think he's going to look for a complete football coach because to follow the goat, you got to have somebody that has strong organizational skills, strong personality. Uh, obviously, needs to know X's and O's, as you said. Recruiting is vital, but somebody that can handle the portal, handle the NIL, handle the modern game. You probably need a, a coach that you know is is um, a guy that's got a lot of life in front of him going forward, which is what we were talking about, the burnout rate. So um, I, I think Lanning fits the – I think he fits the criteria. I, I really do. Again, the thing that worries me about Lanning is it's just it just seems too easy, you know. And so that's what's got me uh, a little bit gun-shy on him. All right, uh, let's get to uh, another phone call before we hit the break, and our buddy Tom is on the line. Tom, it's uh, something else, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. But, I, you know, I was in Coach Sanders' camp about – uh, around Thanksgiving when he said he was going to retire. I, I believed it. And uh, I wasn't as shocked as, as I was disappointed to see him go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, But here's the thing. Let me give you the cow eats the cabbage on Dabo. Do not hire Dabo Swindle. He has passed this era of football. He cannot play the game. And you better go get somebody about a half cook, about like Lane Kiffin, to come in and be able to play the NIL, the transfer portal, and all that other stuff. This is not the process game anymore. That's over with. It's done. That will not work. Nobody is going to adhere to the process. Nobody wants their character strengthened. Nobody wants to be a better person. They all want stuff, and money is what gets stuff. All right, Tom. Well, you're, uh, listen, man, you're not, you're not holding back. I, again, I, um. No, I, that's truth right there. That's truth. Well, it's your opinion. I mean, <laughs> you know, we'll see on Dabo. I mean, he, he, uh, had his worst year that he's had probably since he's been at Clemson and they still wound up being pretty good. You know what I mean? Um, so, but no, I don't think Dabo's going to be the next coach at Alabama, Tom. I don't. No, but no, I, I no, you know, no. but 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 I can sit here this morning and tell you all honesty. I don't know who the coach is going to be, so I can't rule. I can't rule him out. Uh, you know, I, I yesterday afternoon I got hit with the landing stuff so hard that initially I was like, yeah, this is going to this is happening. But the fact that I got hit with it so hard is what's got me a little bit leery. I don't but, believe I, but I think this, Tom, I think, man, they can listen. This can't, this can't linger. I mean, you've got too much at stake. No, no, I know no. Saban's in the building this morning. He arrived over at the football building before seven o'clock this morning and he's in the building. So he's, and I know he met with the players. So I'm sure he's telling the players, listen, be patient. Well, hang in here. We got a, we got a plan for you. But at the same time, that plan has to come to fruition because if it, nothing's happened by next week, I guarantee you, these, these players are going to be looking to bail. Well, he's got one boat. It's a strong boat, a very strong boat. And, uh, and, uh, but, and I guarantee you it'll be people that listen to him. Don't worry about that part. But, uh, and I think that, uh, he's in, involved in the process, but I think the process of who it's going to be is over. Well, I'd like to think that it is. I'd really like to think that it's already in the haze of the barn. But uh, if that's the case, then we're going to get an announcement before the weekend. I'll tell you that. Uh, we should. I, I, you know what? Somebody called in earlier this morning on Barry and Coach Sanderson's show, and they said, look, this thing don't need to go 72 hours. If you've got somebody, get him out there. Let's get going uh, because that's the world we live in now. 
All right, Tom, got to hit this break, man. Come back with Ellis Johnson, one of your favorite guests. So I know you'll be listening. Yeah, buddy. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, it is 931. We'll get to the break. And this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll come back with Coach Ellis Johnson. He, uh, of course, coached against uh, Nick Saban. Never coached with him, I don't think, but knows him well. And, uh, of course, it was Coach Ellis Johnson that uh, is the reason there was a kick six. He told Gus Malzahn, let's put, let's put a guy back deep in case this field goal comes up short. The rest is history. We'll be back with Coach right after this on the Gary Harris Show. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama. Remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. The gun show has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Yeah, the national championship game in the season. I'm certainly glad I did because uh, yesterday with the, the Nick Saban news, I, I want to get Coach Ellis Johnson's take on that. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Gary. I was worried we wouldn't have much to talk about this week. <laughs> well, you know where we're going to start. I was saying earlier in the show I had uh, former Alabama tight end and NFL player Michael Williams on to kind of get the perspective from a, a a guy who played for him for four years and won three national championships under his tutelage. Now, uh, a, a guy you coached against him many times uh, at different stops, and um, you know what it's like to, to game plan against him, and I've, you know, I've told the story many times. You were the one that recommended to Gus Malzahn. You put Chris Davis back there uh, on the on the field goal attempt that led to the kick six. But just uh, first, your initial thoughts on – and we knew that at some point it was going to come. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm right here in town. I was still caught off guard. I, I texted with a staff member yesterday uh, when it was swirling around, and he told me the 4 o'clock me- meeting was expected to be a procedural meeting. They do it every year, coming back for the new semester, talk about the off-season program and all that. And the players didn't know, and I don't think the staff members knew. But uh, what was your you know, what was your thoughts when you heard that he was retiring? Well, I was a little bit surprised, not shocked. I had talked to a close friend over there about a month or so ago, and I said, well, the rumors start every year. And he said, yeah, I know. He said, he's been doing a lot more TV spots and going on with these guys, Pat McAfee and some of them. And he said, I do think that when he does retire, he wants to move to TV. And I said, that's what he, that's what he thinks he wants to do. Yeah, I, said, well, I was a little surprised at that, but, but uh, 
but uh, he sort of he sort of kind of made me feel like and, and the guy knows people over there. And he, uh, Dad was a former board member, just whatever. He just has good sources. So it would start every year, Gary, and with a guy like him with the career he's got, and then get to that age. And so everybody starts rumors every year. So I don't think anybody could have been totally prepared for it. And uh, so just, yeah, it's hard. And I, I think I think probably he knew that the best thing for that football team and staff was to keep whatever thoughts he had to himself. Or either maybe he just flipped one night. And, and really, that's where a lot of guys do it when they end it that long. Uh, they don't make it over a six-month period. They don't do it like these pro athletes go home and rest up three months to try to make a decision. They just decide sometime, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it, no doubt. He felt it was time. Let me ask you this. And, I, and you know I've talked about it. and You haven't really coached since it became part of the, you know, the the – college football landscape but the portal in nil uh for a coach like saban who is kind of old school who believes in discipline believes in not certainly he he doesn't want to he doesn't resent the players having an opportunity to make some money but he believes in structure and the players you know it's a different game they got a lot of leverage you know they don't like the way things are going they can walk in and threaten to transfer or they can go in the portal and see if they can get more money than they're getting at their current school how much do you think that played a uh a part in in his timing of, of deciding to retire now. In other words, if there wasn't a portal, there wasn't NIL, do you think he'd still be coaching? That's a good question. It's probably the best question. I, I had scratched a couple of notes about it because I saw that somebody, his sources told somebody that he had grown increasingly frustrated with what college football is now. Of course, there are going to be a million sources now because everybody's going to say they heard, they heard, they heard. But I would say that it's probably very accurate. And I'll tell you, Gary, there are tons of coaches in the profession right now that agree. They can't say that publicly. Uh, they, they won't recruit a single player. Uh, they're not against the players being paid. They're against this out-of-control situation that, that's happened because everybody castrated the NCAA. So they've got a thing that's out of control right now. I mean, even the NFL, the, co- uh, the owners own the league. They own the league because they own the businesses that are in the league and they get together and they make, uh, you know, the, the policies they want to enforce and they collectively bargain it with the players and you get parity and you get some kind of control. I mean, those players can move too, but they don't move till their contracts are up or they get traded. Uh, and I think that's where it's going to end up if they don't get some of the money out of it because you just can't have 19 year olds running the show. And I don't blame them. The adults are the stupid ones. You know, the adults in the room are the ones that created the situation. And the 19-year-olds are just doing what 19-year-olds would do. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably had a lot to do with his decision. I can't say that he would still be coaching if it wasn't a part of college football right now. But I would say, that, 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 that you know, first of all, he just needs to be honored for all the accomplishments he's made. But if that's what he thinks, it wouldn't be bad for a person of his statue. You know, to put it out there yep. because a lot of coaches are scared to say it and they believe it too. 
Yeah, you're right. He's in a position now he can do it. Maybe, you know, TV could certainly be in his future, but maybe that position of college football commissioner that people have talked about that he would be so good at it. Maybe he gets approached about something like that. You've got such a unique perspective on on Nick Saban and on Alabama, having coached here twice under Gene Stallings and, and Mike DuBose. You know this program, and you know what it's like to prepare against Nick Saban, and not only prepare, but prepare and win. I mean, I think about, you know, everybody thinks about South Carolina and Auburn, but you led at Mississippi State to a big victory. Uh, uh, and I know it was a 100-yard interception return that your defense had in that game in 1997, or in 2007, I'm sorry, because, you know, I know out Mississippi State beat, beat him in 2000, beat, uh, Shula in 2006, but Mississippi State didn't have much success against Alabama. But you were part of that, you know, that win over Saban. Then obviously at Auburn, the huge game in 2013, the kick six, and then 2010, uh, the, the huge South Carolina win when Alabama was unbeaten and going for a second straight national championship. So you were part of preparing against him and, and leading, helping lead your teams to huge wins over Nick Saban in Alabama. What was that process like preparing to face a Nick Saban team and, and how much validation and, and joy was there to be a part of a coaching staff that was able to best a Nick Saban Alabama team? Well, they, they were obviously very difficult. As, uh, as you mentioned three times, I'm not sure how many times I actually coached against, I think six or seven, but, uh, just anytime if you get an opportunity to coach against the best, it's a challenge, and that's what coaches enjoy. That's what players enjoy. So, yeah, we did have some good wins. Now, to be honest, he came in in 2007, and, you know, he didn't really have the program where he won. And uh, we were pretty good that year. We went to the Liberty Bowl and won it. Uh, but, that, it, you know, they didn't have a really, really good team. It wasn't, a, it wasn't your dad's Alabama team. Uh, 2010, they were a really good football team, but we were too. And we played a little bit above our head, had a big victory. Of course, the win at Auburn with the kick six, I mean, that, that basically was all a tie ball game that, that got determined in the last second. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a huge win because of all the implications, the conference championship and national, uh, get to go to the BCS and all that. So, yeah, they were, they were tough games and always an honor even to coach against him. You know, and he always had great staff. And I had a lot of really close friends who worked for him. I, I wish I would one day maybe had that opportunity, but I never did. Uh, but uh, in recruiting, you know, had to, uh, he came, they came over, tried to get the two kids, Gilmore and Clowney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recruiting those guys. And those were uh, two of the toughest recruiting, recruiting endeavors I had because uh, Alabama wanted them badly. And they, they, they really worked hard to get them. So that was, two, uh, that was probably the two best wins I had. Uh, with Alabama and Saban. But, uh, you know, I've been there and coached there, and, and I coached there longer than anywhere else. And right. So I've always kind of had a special place for it. But, uh, you know, I just think what he's accomplished is unbelievable. And, and in this time of football, this era, his accomplishments are, are even harder, I think. I Don't do too. It's easy yeah. to dominate something as it was back in the 50s and 60s. Coach Ellis Johnson with, of course, now the question is, Coach, where do you turn for a new coach? Greg Byrne is a search committee of one. Um, and, you know, I, I remember, you know, Coach Bryant, obviously, when he stepped down, and Ray Perkins was a strong personality, and he he was tough enough to do it. But even, you know, after four years, uh, he bolted and went back to the NFL to take over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, somebody's got to follow Coach Saban. And, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you about specific names necessarily, although they're being floated out there. I'll ask you more from a coaching standpoint. Um, 
I mean, it's it could be a thankless job. I mean, this very first season with this roster, if you're not in the college football playoff next year, they're going to be calling for your head. Uh, just in your opinion, you know, you got to be a good football coach, I understand, but is because you're following Nick Saban, would that scare some people off from this job, do you think? I think it would have some people really uh, consider whether or not it's the right time to go. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, you know, it's not like following a legend who let the program slip and now you got to, you know, people expect you have a great team and you didn't leave a great team. I think there's really good talent there right now. I need to be careful about destroying the recruiting class, and I think Greg would move in a hurry. I, I had good fortune working with Greg at Mississippi State. He was our assistant athletic director. Spent some time with him going to some booster functions for those type of things. Greg's got a, a, a broad history, you know, of location and schools and places he's been. Tremendous number of contacts. I think he'll probably do as good a job as they could have anybody do at this point in time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to necessarily believe that he's the only person calling this shot. Uh, having been there, I, I think there'll be there'll be people in his ear, and and you know he'll have to listen. But it is a place that has not allowed these vigilante groups to, to gather up and see who can get their guy. So I think it'll be a smoother process in most places. But they're not powerful as it should be, and uh, I think it'll probably make a great choice. It'll be interesting to see it unwind, but you mm-hmm. make a great point. You know you said. The old saying, you don't want to be the man to follow the man. You want to be the man that follows the man that followed the man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what so they say a lot. It, 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 it doesn't make much sense when you hear it, but then you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. And, I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if some guys don't go after it. People obviously think we'll go after it. Yeah, it's going to be crazy here the next couple of days. I I, I do know that uh, the the coach spottings are already the Chuck's fish is already getting worn out with with coaches having dinner over there. I can tell you that. Uh, Ellis, um, and, and I'm going to get to the national championship game in, in college football. But uh, earlier this week, this was pretty big news. Uh, of course, now it's 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 been pushed to the back burner. But the news coming out that um, your good friend. Kevin Steele is retiring. I know he came back to Alabama and got another year in the state teacher's retirement system, so he got vested at 10 years. But what a great job he did in this one season coming back to Alabama. They were second in the SEC in scoring. I think they were top 15 or so in the nation and and really stabilized the defense that got to the college football playoff and I thought played great against Michigan until that until that final drive in overtime. But uh, just your thoughts on, on uh, Coach Steele, and do you think he'll coach again somewhere else? Do you think he really is hanging up the whistle for good? Well, I don't know. We're, we're good friends. We don't talk all the, you know, weekly or anything, but we keep touch, both of us from South Carolina and, uh, never have worked with Ked. And, but I've always kind of considered him a good source. We would call and talk football and ask and swap ideas and things at times. But, uh, my last sighting, I heard he was on the way to Edisto Beach outside of Charleston and where he's got a place. And, uh, I know he loves fishing and he loves going down there. Whether he can sit down there without getting antsy, I don't know. Cause I, it's hard for me. I can almost see Coach Saban, uh, stop coaching more than I can Kevin. But, uh, I, I don't know. We haven't talked and I, I probably, you know, we'll talk to him sometime in the near future. But, uh, I was a little bit surprised. I, I, I'm not so sure he didn't know what was Yeah, happening. that's what I'm starting to think and, now. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if he had an inkling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, I guess you got the 10th year 
which best he did. Best. Mm-hmm. One reason I went to Auburn instead of Florida State when I had had that huge choice to make because I had to get those years in Alabama. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that people don't know about pension, not to get off on a tangent, it's based on your three highest years of pay. So it surprises me that he would leave. You know, just to get that tenth year, the most important thing is to get those three highest years. Yeah, and uh, I, I would have thought he'd you know hang in there as long as Saban did, but he may have known what was getting ready to happen. Yeah, may have because uh, he might want to get a couple more years, but to bring in a new coach, you know, you might not have that opportunity. Like I said, it's 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 buzzing here in Tuscaloosa. All right, before I turn you loose, because this will be our last time we talk until next season. Um, your thoughts on Michigan, man? They, yeah, I listen. I picked Washington to win the game, and I kicked myself because I thought to myself after the game, I said, if Michigan's good enough to beat Alabama, they're going to be good enough to beat Washington. But uh, this Michigan team, they they really were a good football team, solid in every area defensively. Man, what they were able to do against Penix, what they were able to do against Milrow, um, they're a very worthy national champion. If Georgia wanted to compete, they should have beaten Alabama. I, I, I thought Michigan had a phenomenal team and a phenomenal season. What are, what are your takeaways from the Wolverines winning it all? Hard to match. Um, uh, add anything to what you just said. I, I, I did kind of. Sounds easy to say this at the end of the season, but I had kind of picked them all through the season as uh, one of the four playoff teams. And, and the season before wore out, I started to realize how good they were, mm-hmm. and they didn't play in a good conference this year. Big Ten's pocket. They're four four good teams, and the rest of them have something wrong. And I, I wasn't sure that they were as good as the scores looked like. But they just, boy, the thing that surprised me the most in that final game was the difference in the skill out there in the perimeter. I knew they were good up front. I knew Washington would struggle trying to, you know, play with them in the box. But when their skilled people got out in the perimeter, both sides of the ball. I was blown away. It looked like a difference. Just like you, man. It looked like a big difference. Faster, more physical. Yeah. I was shocked at how slow Washington's defense looked trying to – Keep that. That's really what threw me off guard. But you know, you think Harbaugh yeah. goes back to the NFL? I don't know. I, if there's any in, indications of how serious this NCAA thing is going to come down, I think it's a big possibility. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. Coach. I really thought the signal, the signal stealing thing, was a bunch of BS. I think, as far as getting any kind of advantage out of it, I've never, never thought much about that. Yeah, you said that consistently. Yeah, you said but that consistently. The way it was carried on and the way they hit it and the way everything else developed on it, it got kind of nasty. Not the, not the action itself, but the cover-up. And, uh, you know, it, it's obviously something was wrong with it. I don't think it gave it advantage. All right, Coach, uh, before I turn you loose, the – Situation now with Alabama and obviously roster management is going to be important for the new coach, but they're going to have one of the top rosters in college football. But you're going to have a new man in charge. Do you think that? Uh, do you think Alabama can keep it going, or do you think it's just going to be inevitable that they're you know they're going to slip some uh, with with Saban leaving? I, you know, I don't necessarily have a feeling either way. I think they've got a really good quarterback and they've got a good roster, and that's all you need as far as players. And then you've got to get the right guys in there and continue the recruiting. I think a lot of people, I think one of the biggest things that he does not get credit for is the constant, constant recruiting at the top level. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they worked at it 365. Gary, there are just about everybody across the country now, they copy his yeah. calendar. And it's all started when he got to Alabama. Everybody realized, you know, he's getting, we're getting out work. 
and 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 so they all sort of kind of finding out what they were doing, and now everybody does. But I do think that he's, you know, he's left a really good situation there. It's not not in bad shape at all, and I think somebody's going to come in. And they're going to win. I don't know how big they're going to win, and like you said, don't win eleven, twelve. It ain't enough. But, but uh, I think they'll be fine. Yep, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, and you're right. All the programs now when it comes to recruiting, they follow the Alabama template. Coach, listen, it's been another fantastic season. I've uh, enjoyed having you on, and, and I'll be calling you again. If you're not coaching, I'll be calling you again in uh, August to get uh, get you lined up again. I look forward to it. It's been a lot of fun, Gary. Thank you, Coach. Coach Ellis Johnson on uh, the Gary Harris Show. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and try to squeeze in a phone call with Pat. Um, Pat, we're going to have time to get you on real quickly on the other side of the break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alright, 9.54. Welcome back into The Gary Harris Show. We're going to get right out on the uh, First of Mankano's hotline and welcome in Pat to make sure we squeeze him in before the top of the hour. Good morning, Pat. So much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Pushed against the top of the hour. But, uh, look, I'm hearing reports, oh, that, uh, landing is out at, oh, Oregon. That Oregon up there is reporting that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that has come out about that. I, all I can tell you is, Pat, um, as of right now, again, I'm not saying Dan Lanning won't be the coach. In fact, that's the name I've heard the most. I started hearing it immediately yesterday. Uh, but I know that some of those reports got skewed a little bit. And what I mean by that is uh, all the talk that he was in Tuscaloosa already and, and, and all of that stuff last night. So Was not true. Yeah. I, I, so I'm taking anything with a grain of salt right now until I get it from somebody that I really trust. And I think that uh, out there in the Pacific Northwest, once that started kind of got out it's 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 been out so uh now could he wind up being the coach at alabama yeah i think he's i think he's you know one of the candidates we got to watch but i by no means am predicting that he's going to be the coach because the one thing that does make me nervous i've said this already on the show is his name's been so out there it just seems it almost seems too easy and i think that uh what about yeah what about what he said about Texas A&M? He said, everything I want is right here. I'm not leaving. I told y'all I'm not leaving. You know, of course, hey, a lot of difference between Texas A&M and Alabama. I mean, because right now Texas A&M's in a, uh, got some issues out there. I don't know just, you know, what all is going on because they're supposed to have more money than, uh, Coulter got little liver pills, but blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know about that, but hey, I'm telling you, Lane Kiffin wants a job, and I want Lane. But I, I won't, and I understand administration, all kind of issues. Hey, but I'll be happy to be Lane's babysitter to make sure Lane don't get in trouble. All I want is just like President Washington. President Washington, the first president, said he could not take a salary for looking out for the country. I can't take a salary for looking out for Lane, but I want an all expense paid. Uh, deal to do it. All right, Pat. Well, I, uh, my gut is that Lane Kiffin's not going to be the coach at Alabama, but I do agree that he's a terrific football coach. I, I really, really do. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get Lane, but then we got to go to Georgia and buy their defensive coordinator. Point blank simple. Lane's not a defensive coach. That's been his yeah, issue. You're talking about, you're talking about Glenn, Glenn Schumann over at Georgia. So you yes, like, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
All right, Pat. Well, thank you, my friend. I, I got to get to the top of the hour. Yes, sir. Have Always good to hear from you. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. Real quickly, I do want to remind you, though, the T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall, 4th and Milrow, that print by Greg Gamble. Tom's got plenty of them, both signed and not signed. Obviously, the signed uh, prints are going to be a little more expensive, but they're beautiful for framing. I gave one away on my uh, score prediction Rose Bowl contest on uh, social media. So uh, get by and see them there at T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall. Hour number two is coming up. All right, we're going to start it off with Dior Orlando Ledbetter for the Falcons report because he's already scheduled, plus the Falcons fired Arthur Smith. So I want to talk to him about that. But we'll also get his take on uh, uh, Nick Saban and the situation at Alabama. Plus, at 1030, Jeff Spiegel will join us from ABC 3340. Plus, more of your phone calls. Nick Saban, no longer the head football coach at the University of Alabama after 17 years. Hour number two is coming up. In 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wyatt. Huge news in the NFL this morning as the Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick parting ways after 24 seasons and six Super Bowl championships together. Bill Belichick is second in league history in coaching wins, including the playoffs, with 333 trailing only Don Shula. The NFL has announced their home teams for next season's slate of NFL international games. Bears, Vikings, and Jaguars will each host games in London, while the Panthers host a game in Munich. Opponents and dates will be announced along with the rest of the NFL schedule this coming spring. NBA action last night. The Celtics beat the Timberwolves in a battle of the top in the East versus the top in the West. 127-120, the final in overtime as Jason Tatum had 45 points. Boston setting a franchise record starting the year 18-0 at home. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Everyone knew it would come before long, but Nick Saban rocked the world of Alabama fans and the entire college football establishment by announcing his retirement yesterday. There is a slight 2-5 and five risk for strong and severe thunderstorms, including the possibility of tornadoes tomorrow that begin early around 8 o'clock. Damaging winds up to 70 miles per hour have caused the National Weather Service in Birmingham to issue a wind advisory. And 11th Street in Tuscaloosa is now Maxie Thomas Way, named after the longtime civil rights icon. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you. This hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. 
Their business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul Patterson at Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport 205-759-3939. If you need a personal injury attorney, I'm guarantee you this. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, Patterson Comer, will do it right. Uh, they've helped me on some things before, and I can vouch for their character, not only as lawyers, but as gentlemen. Feet on the ground in West Alabama, that's important. You'll get to meet with them eyeball to eyeball. And remember, they work on contingency. If they take your case, they will never take a penny from you unless they collect from you or for you. So that's what you need when you need attorneys. Local, feet on the ground, concerned. And even if you have to go to court, they'll be there with you in the courtroom. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And it's time for our final Atlanta Falcons report of the season. And D. Orlando Ledbetter, the uh, outstanding beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com, joins us. And we got a lot to talk about with the Falcons. Good morning, Orlando. Hey, good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me today. But before I get to the Falcons, and there's a lot to cover there, uh, just your reaction. What a couple of days. Uh, Pete Carroll out as head coach of the Seahawks, going to be an advisor. Then the Nick Saban retirement announcement. And now today, Bill Belichick apparently parting ways with the New England Patriots. I guess father time really doesn't stand still for anybody. These are three coaches all in their 70s, three legends. And within two days, they're all either retiring or going to be in a, a different role uh, for the next football season. Yeah, no question. The three uh, coaches of uh, the last 20 years that really put their stamps on the game uh, in the college and professional marks, if you count Pete Carroll's time at USC, um, even though that was scandal-ridden, uh, they, um, you know, Nick's been about the one that's had the cleanest go of it. Uh, Bilicek, you know, six, but, you know, several scandals in New England. So, but uh, they won football games, and people will rever them for that. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, Father Time is, uh, uh, letting them step back and get out of the way. Uh, maybe, uh, Bilicek's not getting out of the way, but we'll, we'll hear about that later. But, uh, yeah, three of the greats are shutting it down at their respective institutions. Yeah, it's crazy couple of days. Let me ask you real quickly on the Patriots, and I'll get to Belichick with you specifically in a moment. Is, is Vrabel expected to be the guy there in New England? Uh, Bravo or Jarrett Mayo are the first okay. two names coming yep. up out of uh, out of New England for that job. All right, now to the Falcons. Uh, Lord knows we've been talking about it all year. Uh, Arthur Smith, is he going to be back? Is he not going to be back? Um, it wasn't as simple as if they had gone down there and beat New Orleans, would he have been back? But not only did they lose, they got embarrassed. Of course, you had the little brouhaha at the end of the game with Jameis Winston handing the ball off to the running back for a touchdown in victory formation. He had the, you know, he dropped the F-bombs on Dennis Allen after the game. And um, did it did it come down to that, that game? Do you think if he wins that game, he's back? Or was it just an overall uh, situation that Blake just felt like he had to, to move on? Yeah, I, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that um, this was his plan. They wanted to move forward with Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, they know he played with a bad salary cap situation, um, you know, and overachieved the first two years, but, you know, didn't get the results. Uh, Should have made a push to go get him a veteran quarterback. We thought he could make it happen with Ritter. Uh, that didn't happen with the turnovers. And then, uh, you know, the franchise just elected to move in a different and new direction. 
When you look at uh, Arthur Smith, and you mentioned the salary cap, but certainly uh, they had a team that on paper was good enough to compete in their division. And the fact that um, he couldn't get the, the team where it needed to go, is that more on him? Is it more on the players? Is it more on the organization? Is it a combination of all of the above? Well, yeah, um, yeah, they, it was on him, you know, uh, you know, he needed to, uh, win some of those games. He lost five games by 16 points and, uh, you know, last minute. So in the NFL, them, the games you gotta win, uh, you know, they did miss, uh, some of the players that were injured, Troy Anderson and Grady Jarrett. Uh, you know, Troy Anderson maybe would have got those scrambling quarterbacks down and the Minnesota and Arizona games that, that got, that hurt them. They couldn't, uh, track down that quarterback with, you know, Nate Landman and Kate Nellis. So that that cost them. But, yeah, that's the NFL. you got to win those close games or, you know, uh, and the games you're supposed to win, and he'd have been sitting 10 and something and uh, winning in the division and, and carrying on and looking for a new quarterback from a position of strength. Yeah, you're you're right. All right, the Falcons have moved on from Arthur Smith, and of course, then the next uh, um, question is who will be the new head coach. But before I get to that, and I'm going to ask you about Belichick too, and he, he, could he be a candidate? Just uh, I thought Arthur Blake got asked a pointed, a pointed question at the press conference. Basically, you know, you've done so much for the city. You've been a terrific businessman. You did have, you know, obviously the one team that made the Super Bowl, but basically, you've been a failure as an owner. <laughs> you know, and and so why should Falcons fans have any faith? That you're going to get it right this time. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a legitimate question, and Blake said it was a fair question. Why should Falcons fans have any faith that this guy and his organization is going to be able to get it right? Um, they really shouldn't, um, uh, Gary. Uh, and that was my good buddy Brandon Home Team Link, uh, a six days fan here in Atlanta that asked that question. We also have columns up from Michael Cunningham and Ken Segura saying, "Hey." Uh, your record's pretty shoddy, and uh, hey, you lost your uh, touch here. So you know the this is the first time, uh, and this I just finished my 19th year on the beat. It's my first time that the uh, you know folks have gone gone for the owner. Yeah, everything he's done has been great. Uh, building it up, tournament to a winner, building events. But you know, after one playoff trip in the last 11 years or two, really uh, since 14. Uh, 16 and 17, you haven't been able to do it. And what made him the uh, football czar to pick the coach? That's not how it goes. Uh, you know, Green Bay, the the, the owner is, was Bob Harlan. He picked Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf picked his staff. Mm-hmm. They went on and run, won Super Bowls. Now we're seeing owners uh, meddling in the team. I mean, yeah, he's the Home Depot uh, uh, czar. But, you know, this is the Home Depot. You don't just fire the hammer salesman because the sales are low. And that's what we got here. Uh, you got a businessman operating a football team like it's, uh, you know, Home Depot. And the uh, earnings aren't up. So, uh, you know, he, he's uh, going to fire him instead of, you know, look at the work that the guy built. I mean, I know he rubbed some people the wrong way in the city. But, you know, you would think a new first-time coach uh, in his third year would get more support from management. But, that didn't happen here. Uh, he owns the team, and um, you know, unless they reconfigure their uh, structure and get the football people in control again, we're going to be at the whims of the owner. At the whims of the owner, and that'll be interesting if he stays involved. Who he goes for? It. Do you think Belichick is someone that Arthur Blank and the Falcons will have interest in? 
We're digging into that. They're, they got the press conference up in uh, New England, and uh, we should be hearing back from a couple of sources here later. And certainly, uh, you know, there's enough smoke there to, to keep digging on that. Uh, you know, they they um, have turned to New England in times of despair before. Uh, in 08, they wanted Par- Parcells, and um, he leveraged that, that interest into mm-hmm. the Miami game. Sure did. And um, they, they ended up... Uh, getting uh, Thomas Dimitrov as the GM and Mike Smith as the coach. So everybody knows he's tight with Robert Kraft. And if Robert Kraft is making moves, I, it's only reasonable to consider, you know, the Falcons being there to, to, you know, pick up the pieces to, you know, maybe help themselves move forward and rub off on that kind of magic genie. So, uh, yeah, we got to kind of keep our head on the swivel with that and, uh, should be finding out about that uh, here this afternoon a little bit more when they have the press conference in New England. Who else? Uh, give us some other names that you think might be in play here for Atlanta because there's a lot of teams that are going to hire, hire coaches. We know that. And some of them are going to get it right and probably more of them won't. Um, you know, I, I, I continue to argue there's probably more jobs and there are really qualified good coaches to fill them. But who are some other names that you're you're uh, working on? Yeah, the offensive coordinator in Detroit, uh, Ben Johnson. Uh, he's a kid that uh, was a walk-on quarterback in North Carolina. He's done a great job up there. He's only 37. Uh, they, they can't go with a young guy, you know, guessing right now. They need some experience. So uh, Aaron Glenn, he's the defensive coordinator in Detroit. His defensive numbers aren't that great. Raheem Morris has done a great job out in Los Angeles. He left here and picked him up another Super Bowl ring. Uh, so, you know, he could be a fallback candidate for them. Uh, Anthony Weaver, the defensive uh, line coach, assistant head coach in Baltimore, is the leader of men, learned at the hand of Harbaugh, and would be a great candidate for Atlanta. And then Steve Wilkes out in San Francisco, they requested to interview Steve for the head coaching job here in Atlanta. It's going to be interesting, Orlando, to see how this Falcons uh, organization goes forward. One more question, because you said with with Blank being so involved, what is Rich McKay's role? Uh, you know, you've, you've got a owner, you've got a GM. Uh, is is he still just called the president? What what does Rich McKay really do? I've, I've had, the reason I'm asking you is I've seen a lot of the Falcons blogs, and even I know you've gotten this question exactly what Rich McKay's role is and why he still has a job with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he has a job because he built a two billion dollar stadium for the owner. He's made the owner a lot of money. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, his job is CEO. He got a promotion for building that stadium, and he's also uh, he still trusts him as a football man that's well connected from years of uh, leading up the league's competition committee. So a lot of people thought that uh, you know that's just another layer and different uh, management structure than most teams. So the coaches both report to him. The coach and the general manager report to him, as opposed to you know having the general manager. So he's a de facto business and general man, business side guy and general manager uh, that reports directly to blank. So it's another layer. It's not the way people seem to have done it in the past, but that's how they're doing it here in Atlanta. All right. I'm going to let you get back to work, Orlando. But before you get back on the beat, tell us, uh, you know, where everybody can find you. And I know you got a ton of information you're going to be pumping out. Yeah, no doubt. We uh, we got something dropping here pretty quick on uh, AJC.com. 
Uh, we got the request up there, uh, and you can follow everything on Twitter uh, at D Orlando AJC. Thank you, Orlando. Appreciate you joining me all season long. Okay. Sure, no problem, Gary. Take care, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons Report. It is 1014, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. It's a great time to join. It's any time's a great time to join, but it's January. It's the new year, and no joining fee through January 31st. The entire month, all you have to do is get signed up and start your monthly membership at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street. Brand new cardio equipment inside the entire facility. State-of-the-art, beautiful, clean dressing rooms, uh, fitness classes, personal training. They've got everything you need for physical fitness at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, plus a great community of people. All right, we'll be back. We've got uh, phone lines are open in the next segment. We don't have another guest until Jeff Spiegel joins us at the bottom of the hour. So if you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. Hey, I want to hear from you guys. You know, reaction to Saban retiring. Who do you think is going to be the next coach? All that in the next segment. We've got it coming back with more right after this. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm-up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high at 60. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 45. An active day tomorrow, breezy with showers and thunderstorms. The storms tomorrow could be severe, the high at 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. All right, 1018, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And, uh, of course, it's been jam-packed this morning here on Tide 100.9 FM on all our shows, and it will be all day. I mean, again, Justin, I'm going to get to the phone lines here in just a second, but I want to get your perspective because we just hit the ground running this morning with Michael Williams and haven't really had the chance to get you on. Uh, you're a younger fan, but, you know, Nick Saban's really all you know. And... Um, <laughs> kind of like a lot of people like I did that grew up with Coach Bryant. I mean, that's all you knew, and you just took it for granted, and then suddenly Coach Bryant wasn't there, and it was different. Now for you as a fan that's, you know, Nick Saban's been the, the, the coach since you were a little boy. Now he's not going to be there. It's going to be different. What is your perception of, of this, and and uh, what are your expectations going forward without the GOAT? Yeah, Gary, as you can see, I'm wearing my Seahawks hat today. You so are? I had a rough day yeah. yesterday. You got the double double dose yesterday yeah. with Carol and Saban. Um, man, it's just, it's really heart-wrenching uh, to compare it to something. I was at the 2017 National Championship game where we lost to Clemson. That feeling of just like, ooh, like deep in your stomach is kind of how it feels. But I'm hopeful. I, I think we're, we've been talking about it all morning. We're going to be in a good position moving forward. You couldn't have left a team better for a new coach coming in. I'm just, uh, eager, eagerly waiting to see who the next guy is going to be. And then, of course, we're going to get our next guy and we're going to sit here and wait till the fall, which is going to be maybe more frustrating than coach leaving because you were ready to, to move on. It's, it's very bittersweet. I'm sad, but. I'm, it's exciting, really, and I, I may be the only one to say that, but 
looking ahead, it's exciting. There's new things that are happening at the University of Alabama. What do you think of the shrine over at the Nick Saban statue on the Walk of Champions with the little Debbies and the and the and the uh, stuffed ducks for Aflac and the Coca Colas? I mean, of course, I'm right there next to it in the stadium, and and I liked it. Then I thought this is kind of a little bit of weird. I mean, the man has not passed away. Yeah. I mean, it it looked almost like a memorial, but it was a lot of students. And listen, it's all in fun. But man, it, it started out with just a few little debbies, and then by the time I left to go home after the ten o'clock news last night, I mean there were people singing Dixieland delight. It was a party over there. Yeah, it was it was a party over there. I actually had a, a friend, former brand manager here, Kim Rankin, was giving me the play by play updates from uh, from the statue. You're right, though. It, some of this stuff's a little blown out of proportion. He's not passed away, guys. He's just not the coach anymore. But he does deserve all credit where it's due and, and honoring him and celebrating such a career he's had at Alabama and uh, in a total career at LSU and, and what he's done in the pros. All right, that's Justin's perspective as a younger uh, fan and journalist. And now let's jump out uh, on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and we'll get my pal Ellis in. Hey, Ellis, good morning. Man, what do you think about it all? I'm like Justin. It was gut wrenching first, but um, I'm very happy for the coach because now he can be with his family, he can be with his grandkids, and I want to thank him and Miss Terry for all that they've done there in Tuscaloosa. And I don't live in Alabama, but for the state of Alabama, uh, in my book, and uh, it's a new chapter. It's like a new book or a new canvas, you know waiting to be painted or waiting mm-hmm. to be rough. So uh, I'm, I'm like him. I'm excited about the future. Uh, and we'll see who the coach is when they name him, whenever they name him. And I'm going to be right there behind him. Well, that's that's what a good fan does, Ellis. I mean, that's you're you're a good fan. I mean, you're you're disappointed to see Coach go, but you're happy to see him. As you said, have an opportunity to live a life that he hasn't had a chance to live. I mean, he's been coaching for fifty years, and he and his family are going to have a chance to do some things that are that are outside of football. And you are uh, hopeful that whoever they bring in here is going to be able to continue the success. It's a good program. It's in a good situation. Uh, now it'll be tough to match what Nick Saban has done, but it's tough for anybody to match that at any school. So, uh, but oh, yeah. but they should be Alabama should be good in twenty twenty four. They should still have a really good football team. I think so too. Uh, but uh, I just you know I'm again you know I just want to thank them both. You know I wish I could say that to him personally, but uh, I know I can't, but at least I said it on air. So, but uh, like again, I'm excited. New, new book, uh, new candy. So, yes, sir. I hear you, Ellis. You're a good fan, man. Good to hear from you, buddy. Yes, sir. Real time. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's get to uh, Presley up in Tennessee and then we'll get to Philip. Hey, good morning, Presley. You're on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline on the Gary Harris Show. Good morning. Good morning. You related to Elvis? I am well, not related, but I was named after. <laughs> okay. There, there, well, there you go. Yeah, I saw Presley in Tennessee, so that makes sense. Parents were big Elvis fans. I hear you, man. Yes, sir. Big, big Nick Saban fans, too? Yes, it's exciting to see what's, uh, what's going to come after him. Yeah, um... I'm sorry, I'm multitasking. I got people coming to see some B-roll video in the studio while we're on the show here, and they're texting me now trying to get in. Uh, Presley, I think that uh, 
I don't know is the answer. And I, I, you know, if I, you know, I'll try to be honest on this show. If I knew who the next coach was going to be, I'd tell you. I mean, Dan Lanning is the name that got thrown out at me almost immediately yesterday afternoon and has continued to be front and center. But I know how Greg Byrne operates, having watched him do coaching searches in the past. He's a one-man search committee. He, like he said in his statement yesterday, um, don't pay attention. If you don't hear from me, don't pay attention to it. And the next time you hear from me, I'll be introducing a coach. So uh, just because we're hearing names, Presley, doesn't mean that that's what Nick or that's what uh, Greg Byrne is working on. He's working on his own timeline with his own list of people. And so I just don't know right now who the next head coach at the University of Alabama is going to be. I do think Dan Lanning is a name to watch, uh, but I think there are others too. So that's the best way I can answer you. I just really don't know. Um, I'm working on it like everybody is that's in my business, trying to figure out, trying to, you know, piece it together. But at this point, I'm not sure. I do think this. It's got to happen fast, man. They got to get a coach in here. I, I'd be surprised if this thing goes through the weekend. Yeah, I can agree. In the next few days, we should hear a lot about it. But it's going to be also interesting to see what about the transfer portal and who stays committed and not. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think Coach Saban has met with the players. I'm sure he's told them. Um, I'm sure he's told them that. Um, you know, you need to stay. You need to wait and see. We're gonna, we're gonna, and I'm sure he's gonna help with this transition. I know this. He was in the building this morning before seven o'clock. He was in the football facility uh, before seven o'clock this morning. So I'm sure he's over there working right now uh, to help this transition process. And I'm sure he's gonna help the new coach in any way that he can. And the thing he's probably doing right now is trying to um, make sure those players understand. Listen, stay put. You're gonna, you're gonna have a plan here very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, I've also seen Dabo um, get thrown around there, James Franklin. There's been a few names thrown around for the Alabama coach next year. Uh, give it, give that to me one more time, Presley. Um, I've seen a few names get thrown around, like Dabo Sweeney and uh, Steve Sarkeet, uh, Sarkeesian, Dion. Uh, Deion Sanders. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of names out there. Dabo Sweeney, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, uh, Kalen DeBoer. You know, there's a lot of names floating around. So, um, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see, Preston. I know everybody wants to know, but Greg Byrne, if he handles it like he handles a basketball coach, you know, we'll we'll know when when he lets us know. So let's just all be patient and see what happens. Hey, great phone call. Good to hear from you, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Presley. Let's get to Philip here. Uh, good morning, Philip. Hey, Jerry, uh, the, the heavy smoke on this is, is going to be hard to uh, keep it in check. I know Coach Byrne will, will try his best to do that, but I think in sports rumors like this, they tend to come true, and that's why I'm thinking it's going to be landing. And I think today's going to be a big day. I, I bet you I bet you by 4 o'clock today, uh, it really starts heating up. And I think tomorrow, tonight, we'll, you know, it'll probably be pretty much decided. I think this has been going on now for at least seven days behind the scenes. So I think, I think the bed's been made pretty much. It's just a matter now of fluffing up the pillows and, and putting them on that headboard and, and making it look nice. And I think that's what they're doing. So I think today's a big day. And I think probably by, by Friday, we'll have a head coach and, they can't wait. They can't wait past Saturday. They cannot do it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they got to get somebody in here, Philip, and um, 
they got to get get the guy named because uh, if this thing floats in the next week, you're right. It's going to be no matter how you try to tell these players to be patient. They're going to get itchy, and many of them are going to look to to go somewhere else. So I think I think something's got to happen pretty fast too. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the rumors will, will start getting so resounding and so and so um, hot that it's just going to be hard to contain. And and stuff will start leaking out, and you know it will, and and I know it will, and um, and at that point it'll be it'll be on. All right, got a great call, Philip. Appreciate you, man. I go try to squeeze another call here before we get this break. Thank you. All right, let's get to Donald here before we uh, head to the break. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Donald. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, like everybody else, soaking in everything that happened yesterday. But uh, I realize I'm on short on time, so I just wanted to say that uh, I hope everybody's looking at back at what uh, was accomplished when Coach Saban was here over the last 17 years with a lot of grateful thoughts and being grateful to him and Miss Terry and the fam- their family for coming here for all the work they did here um, and accomplished uh, – and their legacy at Alabama will be felt for many, many years to come. And uh, but uh, also, you know, this was comparable to Coach Bryant when he retired, uh, yet many years ago. But the uh, but the same look of shock and surprise and disappointment in them leaving felt the same yesterday, like it did then. And uh, but to have had two uh, periods of time where there was so much success here uh, during like a 20-year period for Coach Bryant and the same for Saban in a 17-year period at one school is remarkable. And I think that speaks to what the University of Alabama is and uh, what it will always be uh, in the realm of college football. So I hope we can all be grateful for that. Now I realize I know they got to move on quickly, as I was hearing you with a previous caller say, but no, it's okay. have you heard anything? Have you all heard anything about that? About the next about coach? Going. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of stuff, but I don't know that I've heard anything that's concrete. I mean, the, the name that immediately I got hit up with yesterday was Dan Lanning. And all the usual, you know, he's in town, he's spotted at Chuck's, all the usual stuff. And I think Dan Lanning is an excellent football coach. The thing that, you know, and Phillips said usually it comes back to the first guy. I think with Greg Byrne, though, uh, you know, when I, the basketball coaching search was going on, Thad Mata is the name that got thrown in my face, and he wound up hiring Nate Oates. Thad Mata, I don't think, was, I think, I'm not going to say smokescreen, but that was the name that I was getting hit with. Uh, Lanning's name is so prominent right now, it just makes me wonder, you know, if, if, if that's really where it's going to wind up going. To answer your question, Donald, I've heard a lot, but I don't know anything. I don't know anything concrete. Well, I'm trying to find something out. Uh, I think okay. it's got to happen soon. But I, as of yeah. right now, I you know, I don't have anybody that I would sit here and tell you I think this guy's going to be the next head football coach at the University of Alabama. I think uh, I think they've had time to plan this out, talking about Burn and Saban. I think they sat down and talked about this a long time ago. And they set up a, a plan, especially with the changes in the game of the portal and the NIL and all that. They set up, they had to have something organized in place that Burns now doing now. Because like you said, they need something quickly, but I think they, but they were prepared for this. And I think that uh, he's executing that plan probably as obviously as we speak. So, uh, but all I know is Burns in the uh, crosshairs of everybody now and, uh, but, He's been there before. He can, he can he's going to do fine. But whoever we get, it's going to have a tough job following Saban 
all we have to do is think about Ray Perkins after he Oh, Donald, there, there's there's no doubt about it. It's going to be a tough job. It's you know, and 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 I've said before, I shot the Ray Perkins show video for two years, eighty five and eighty six. Ray Perkins was a tough minded, hard nosed individual. Um, he was strong, but that was tough. Following Coach Bryant was tough, you know, and he bolted back to the NFL in 1986 when he got that offer from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoever follows Nick Saban, you're right, Donald, no matter how good a football coach they are, no matter how tough-minded they are, it is not going to be easy. And, you know, just like this year, this first season, think about this. With this playoff expanding to 12 teams, can you imagine if the new coach comes in here and does not get this team in the playoff? They're going to only want to run him out of here after one year, man. Yeah, well, it's... Perkins was under the gun in his first year here. If you remember, he did the uh, he took the tower down. Oh, I, and all I, well, he did. Listen, he did what a new coach should do. He 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 did what he wanted to do, but people hated him for it, vilified him for it. You know, I give Ray Perkins yeah. this. Ray Perkins wasn't Bear Bryant. Why was he going to coach from a no, tower? You know, why was he going to keep a staff that wasn't his staff? I mean, a lot of the things that he got criticized for, Donald, are what any football coach is want to going to want to do. You don't want to hire a football coach that's going to come in here and let you tell them what to do. So I'll defend Saban on that. But, you know, he didn't make a lot of friends early in his tenure. But the new coach here is going to have to be his own man. He's going to have to have his own identity. You can't come in and try to be Nick Saban. I think that would be a huge mistake. I think uh, Burns going to have to run some interference for him on that. And I think, and going back to that period of time when Coach Bryant passed away, you know, after Perkins did what he had, what he felt he had to do, which you're, you're absolutely correct on everything he said, Coach Bryant wasn't there to kind of be like a buffer between the fans and him to kind of protect him a little bit, let him do what he wanted to do. And, uh, so I'm hope you know, we don't know what life brings, obviously, but, uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, burn and be able to run some interference on something for the new coach because he's going to have to hit the ground running because of the NIL and the portal and all that. And that's going to be, that's going to ask a lot. But, you know, like you said, expectations are really big for this team for next year if this group stays together. That's right. Well, he is going to have to have support from Greg Byrne. I'm sure he's going to get it. I'm sure Coach Saban's going to offer all the support he can. But uh, like you said, Donald, it's going to be a tough job. Hey, got to run, man. Good to hear from you as always. It's good to hear you, Gary. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. It's 1035 here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jeff Spiegel, um, host of The Zone, ABC 3340, is going to join us next to give us his opinion. He's covered Coach Bryant um, and Coach Saban. Uh, and uh, we'll get the thoughts primarily, of course, on Coach Saban. Uh, he's been covering him just like I have the entire 17 years that Coach Saban has been the head coach at the University of Alabama. That's coming up next on the Gary Harris Show. Houston. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Free Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and free vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Krispy Kreme, if you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch combo. Concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. 
Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show, and I am multitasking like crazy. My phone's blowing up. We've got um, uh, WVA 23 here shooting B-roll with Tamika Alexander. Um, just had someone come to the back door wanting to talk to me. So is this Jeff Spiegel on hold? Okay. And, Jeff, I'm sorry we did not get the Eagles for you today, but it's uh, it's been a little bit hectic around here this morning, as you might, might imagine. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? And we know that uh, Saban loves the Eagles too. So maybe we just, we'll just say we didn't play the Eagles because it's, it's a sad day for Alabama fans and we didn't want to be too celebratory. It's a great day, I guess, for Nick Saban and his family. But Jeff, just your, your reaction to the, to the news that uh, Nick Saban is retiring after 17 seasons as head football coach at the University of Alabama. Well, listen, congratulations to him. I mean, uh, I, I know it was a decision that, um, you know, that, uh, that couldn't have been easy for him. Uh, but, but at the same time, I mean, what an incredible body of work he put together. Greatest football coach in my mind, you know, who's, uh, who's ever lived, who's ever done it. And, um, you know, he, he can, he can enjoy more time with Miss Terry and his grandchildren and, uh, very happy for him. And, and, you know, just, just, uh, you know, just very, just very blessed, Gary, to have worked in this business during his era oh, yeah. because I know you agree with me. He, he made all of our lives better. I mean, because he came in and we started going on these really fancy bowl trips. We started covering playoff games and national championship games and national championship victories and victory parades. And, um, he made my career. I mean, better than I even imagined it could be. So uh, I thank him for that. Yeah, and well said. Um, when you look at Saban, again, people, of course, I know you've been doing the same thing, getting the questions and uh, people wanting to know, uh, did you see it coming and all that? I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was, I guess I wasn't shocked just because it's been being bannered around a little bit. I was surprised. As I've said on here on the show, I talked to, I got text, texted with someone yesterday on the staff and the four o'clock meeting about the four o'clock meeting. Hey man, this is swirling around. And he said he just expected it to be a procedural meeting like they always have. And, and I think that the staff and the players were caught off guard. Now I got to think that Greg Byrne, Stuart Bell, some, you know, board of trustees, somebody had to know. Uh, but it still kind of came out of, out of left field in, in that regard. And watching him work, Jeff, this year, I just didn't see anything that indicated to me that he was going to step down. The way he recruited, the way he coached. Even yesterday, they said he was in an office interviewing folks on the phone for openings. I mean, um, what do you make of, of the fact that it seems like it just snap your fingers was all of a sudden and even the university didn't get a statement out in two to, to two and a half hours uh afterwards but he's so organized people some people had to know right yeah i would think so i mean look i mean greg burns had a had a short list like for a long time because that's just who he is and that's what a good athletic director does but uh but i don't i don't know if he anticipated you know something like this happening yesterday it sounds like it was a business as usual day 
you know, for Nick until, you know, he decided, you know, he was going to make this decision. But I'm sure there have been discussions, you know, between him and Terry about this, about about what they wanted to do, when they were going to do this. And, um, you know, I just I can't explain the timing of it. But I do I do understand that um, this the, the timing of it in terms of just making an announcement and not turning in this this into a like a farewell season in, in 2024. I knew that was not going to happen. So I knew if it ever went down that it was going to go down like it did yesterday. All right. So the million dollar question, where does where does Alabama go now? And, uh, you know, I, I'll. Start with Dan Lanning, because that's the name that got thrown at me almost immediately after it broke that Saban was retiring. And I thought back to Thad Mata, the former Ohio State basketball coach, and how that name got thrown at me. And the whole time, Greg Byrne, search party of one, you'll hear, if you don't hear it from me, it's a rumor. Same thing he said yesterday. Next time you hear from me, I'll be introducing the head coach. And it was Nate Oates the whole time. Um, what do you think about Lanning and, and who do you think ultimately Greg Byrne decides on? Well, I think the only negative about Dan is that, you know, he's only, been a head coach for two years, you know, so that's the only negative, um, but, but he's, but he's certainly got, you know, loads of upside in terms of his coaching career. You know, he's a young guy. He's done some great things at Oregon. And, uh, you know, that's certainly a, a guy that uh, appears to be number one on the list. Uh, one name that Pat Forty mentioned yesterday, uh, in an interview was, you know, Danico Ryan's, you know, uh, the, of course, now he's only been a head coach for one year, but what a year it's been, you know, for the Houston Texans. And uh, so th- that's a name that I wasn't, you know, thinking about until mm-hmm. Pat mentioned it. And um, gosh, you know, there are a lot of qualified coaches out there who could come in, but Gary, it's a daunting task to uh, to follow, you know, the greatest that's ever done it. And, um, you know, but there are a lot of, you know, fearless, confident coaches out there but uh, but the name you just keep hearing more and more often is uh, is Dan Lanning. Yeah, we'll see. I think. Let me ask you this: it, It's with the portal. Even though I'm sure Saban and Saban, I know, was in the office this morning prior to seven o'clock, and he met with the team yesterday. I'm sure he's telling the players to be patient. I'm told he told them, you know, give it seventy two hours. Don't be jumping in the portal. Uh, but I do think time is of the essence here because at some point, if you don't get a coach in here, these guys are going to get impatient and they are going to start looking to leave. And that's the last thing you want is for this roster to be hit hard due to the fact that you don't have a coach. I. I I think they're going to wrap this thing up before the weekend's over. What do you think? Well, the clock is sped up these days, Gary. It really is. And, you know, you had Ryan Williams decommit already. Uh, and so, you know, you, you want to make a decision on this. You want to get a guy in there. Uh, you know, my opinion is this, is that, you know, Greg had a, a guy in mind to call, you know, if this happened. And, you know, there were rumors that, you know, that landing was in town yesterday. I don't know how true that is. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I think they're going to try to wrap this thing up quickly. And, you know, we were just talking in the office about it, you know, today. You know, we've got, you know, a severe weather possibility on Friday. If severe weather happens, there's going to be cleanup on Saturday. You don't do it on Sunday because you're competing with the NFL. You can't wait until as late as Monday. So it wouldn't surprise me if things get wrapped up, that this thing ramps up quickly. And, uh, and there's an announcement this afternoon. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either, Jeff. I would not be at all. All right, this first season, regardless of who the head coach is, there's going to be somebody different. The pressure. I mean, you know, you and I remember 
Coach Bryant leaving and, and Coach Perkins was a – I already had a call about Coach Perkins took down the tower and all this. Of course he did. He was a new coach. He wanted to do it his way. But he caught a lot of pushback for that. And as strong-minded as he was, he bolted back to the NFL in 1986 when Hugh Culverhouse offered him a job with the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is going to be a tough job. I mean, imagine right off the bat, 12-team playoff. It'd be better for the new coach if it was a four-team because if you don't make the 12-team, they're, they're going to be ready to run you out of here after a year. I mean, this is not going to be easy following Nick Saban. Right. It's, it's going to be a pressure job, without a doubt. Uh, you know, when Nick came in, I mean, Nick did it his way, you know, and, and that's and, – and, man, did it ever work. And, and he had the uh, he had the blessing of, of everyone involved that it was a one-voice program, man, and that's the way he was going to run it. And, and that's the way the next coach has to operate. I mean, it's, I mean, it's got to stay that way. And he's going to do things the way that he does things. And, you know, while Saban has been incredibly successful, I mean, you know what? So is Kirby Smart. Uh, so have other coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been successful too. Not to the level that Nick Saban has, but the new coach is going to come in and do things his way. There's going to be a high level of expectation, you know, attached to that first year. But uh, holy cow, these fans have got to be patient. I mean, they've, they've got to work with this next guy who comes in, and they've got to give him time, you know, to get his staff in here and get to work. And and um, you know that that's that's just going to be crucial in terms of how successful that next coach is. Of course, I touch on some Auburn here, but being in Tuscaloosa, it's primarily Alabama. Um, what are you hearing from the, the, the Auburn camp? I know that they rolled tumors when, when he got out yesterday and, and, you know, Saban's going to finish uh, off with a four game win streak against Auburn, 12 and five overall. And the game is in Bryant Denny this year. So you figured he was about to make it five in a row. Um, but do you think, uh, Auburn people see this now as, you know, obviously Ryan Williams decommitted. They see this as a quicker opportunity to, uh, to get even with Alabama with the, Saban stepping down? Well, I absolutely do. I mean, they were celebrating on Auburn's campus, you know, yesterday. And, and look, I mean, even even before Nick made his announcement yesterday, I mean, the the, field, the playing field had been leveled, you know, to a large degree. And Nick Saban gets gets credit for that. I mean, Kirby Smart, what he's done at Georgia, Steve Sarkeesian, what what he's done at Texas, you know, and then um, you know. Lanning. I know Lanning was a GA in 2015. He only spent one year in the program, but that statement influenced, you know, what he's done at Oregon and what Hugh Freeze has the possibility of doing at Auburn. So what Nick did with his success is he forced other schools to kind of raise their level of play. Brian Kelly hires Bo Davis yesterday, you know, to coach the D-line. So he's building an incredible staff there at LSU, you know, so he's making a run there. So, you know, uh, the the, it's man, it's wide open now. I mean, more than it ever has been. And now that the king has descended from his throne, <laughs> everybody's going to be scrambling to get on that throne. So it's going to be a, a very, very compelling to watch in the future. Well, you know, you're going to be watching it and covering it. And of course I will be as well. And I know for Sunday night on the zone, uh, there might be a new head football coach at the university of Alabama. I know that's going to be a hot show Sunday night. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. 10.30 Sunday night on ABC 3340. Gary, appreciate you and uh, hang in there. Have a great day. Thank you, Jeff. All right, it's 10.48 here on the Gary Harris Show. All right, listen, uh, we're going to have one final segment. We'll get back to phone calls. I wanted to get Jeff on, but coming back uh, in the final segment, 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. We're going to leave it wide open in this final 
segment. What do you think about Nick Saban retiring? Who do you think the coach is going to be? Um, just anything that you want to talk about. It's been a busy morning, but we got one more segment to go right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Roscoe's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Roscoe's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Roscoe's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Roscoe's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. From our home. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm up today. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high at 60. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 45. An active day tomorrow, breezy with showers and thunderstorms. The storms tomorrow could be severe, the high at 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. All right, the countdown to the top of the hour is on. The Miller's Edge coming up at 11 a.m. It's been hectic this morning. It's been a fun show. A lot of good guests, a lot of phone calls, uh, people texting me, people showing up at the station, and uh, including Tamika Alexander from WVUA 23. who's here shooting uh, a segment. And uh, we want to get uh, a phone call or two in before we have to close out the show on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. Let's talk with Sam. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Yeah. Well, it's been a great Interesting twenty-four hours. You think? Has been. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Well, you know, I tell you, you know, I always told myself I was going to be prepared. Yeah. For this, because I mean, you get into so many years, it's going to happen, and I wasn't prepared. I was this this just like pretty much everybody else. It 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 caught us off guard, but all I can you know is. You know, it's gratitude. Thanks, guys. Yeah. No, I you think, know, Sam, I think you, you're dead yeah. on. I think that no matter yeah. how you try to prepare yourself, no matter how many rumors are out there, no matter the fact that you know eventually it's coming, I don't think anybody was ready for yesterday afternoon, Sam. No, they weren't. You know, and it was a, it, it was a, you know, di- different, you know, emotions, but it just comes back to, I look at where we, where Alabama was. At the end of the 2006 season, and then all of a sudden that January day, you know, early January in 2007, things changed, and man, did it! I tell you, the foundation and this program's a billion times better off than what it was in 2000. The foundation's laid. Whoever comes in, the cover's not bare, and you know, who, whoever it is, you know, I think 
I, I think it, you know it's still Bama's still going to be a factor. I still I don't see how it's not. Well, that's well stated, and 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 yeah, it's going to be a tough follow uh, coming in behind Nick Saban. But this program is healthy, like you said, and should be really, really good this season. Now, there's pressure because Sam, with the playoff expanding from four to twelve, can you imagine if the new head coach doesn't make the twelve team playoff? Uh, oh, oh, he, oh, he oh, yeah, turned oh, up yeah. in a hurry. So it'd probably be better for the new coach if it was still a four team playoff. But um, at least if you don't make it into a four team, you know, it, it, it you can ha- have a little bit of uh, you know excuse. But if there's a twelve team playoff, the expectation is that Alabama should be, and they should be in. Like you said, this is a healthy program, a good roster. They're going to hire a good head coach, but there's going to be some pressure now, Sam. Yeah. It- and you know, there's, and you know, and there's been a, there's a plan in place. There, and I think, Gary, I think there's five people that know, five. Coach Saban, Miss Terry, Greg Byrne, Doc, Dr. Bell, President of the University, and most importantly, Jimmy Six. Yeah, Jimmy they, Sexton's a, a, a player, there's is, no doubt. This, this, this is, this is, you know, a, they don't call it sexton season for nothing. <laughs> That's right. Hey, great phone call, Sam. Good to hear from you, man. All right, brother. Be good. Thank Thanks. you so much. All right, it's 1055. We're winding it down. want to thank all of you today for a really good show. A lot of interesting takes. A reminder that um, I'm on top of this. Uh, follow my Twitter account if you don't mind if anything happens with the coaching situation i'm going to put it out there immediately my twitter handle is at gary harris underscore wvua that's at gary harris underscore wvua also follow my gary harris wvua 23 facebook page and uh, be aware of the tuscaloosa thread and tide109.com also wvua23.com so all of um, the people here at, at Town Square are, are on top of this story. So anything that breaks there, you can get it through the, the website. And, of course, like I said, follow me on social media. I'll keep you up to date as well. All right, Justin, appreciate it tonight. Today it's been a little bit hectic. Noah Haynes is in getting ready. Miller's Edge is coming up at 11 a.m. Certainly want to hear Corey Miller and Christian Miller's take. Then noon until 2, big noon sports from Matt and Lars. And Ryan Fowler will be going wide open from 2 until 6 this afternoon with the game. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23 at 5 and 10 this evening. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Be back tomorrow with the TGIF edition. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a head football coach by tomorrow morning. We'll find out. Have a great day, everybody. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.